Hi, this is Vanessa. I'm the Prevention Services Coordinator at King County Sexual Assault Resource Center, or KSARC. This is Building Resilience, a project with the purpose of equipping people with what they need to end sexual violence. Unfortunately, child sexual abuse is a far more pervasive issue than most people are aware. According to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, as many as one in three girls and one in five boys are estimated to experience some form of sexual abuse before they turn 18. And studies show that over eight out of 10 times, sexual abuse is perpetrated by someone known to the victim. Typically, this person is someone who is trusted by the child and adults in the child's life. This is one of the many dynamics that can make it challenging for a child survivor to tell someone about the abuse, even a close parent or a caregiver. As a parent, learning that your child has been sexually abused is likely one of the most difficult things to go through, and it's absolutely understandable that you wouldn't know how to respond or react to a disclosure. What we do know is that parents and caregivers play a key role in a child's healing process and that by providing support and safety, you can greatly enhance your child's recovery. KSARC's Family Services Specialists work to support hundreds of families every year. In this episode, they'll share a set of tips to help parents and caregivers respond to a disclosure of sexual abuse from a child. Through the acronym BASES, you'll learn what key things to do and why they are so valuable to a child survivor. As a heads up, there will be mention of child sexual abuse in this episode. Hi, I'm Erin Esteban. I am the Bilingual Family Services Specialist here at KSARC. Hi, I'm Karen Cope. I'm the Family Service Specialist at KSARC. Hi, I am Marie Pareda, and I am a Family Services Specialist here at KSARC as well. It's not always easy to know what to say when your child tells you that they've experienced being sexually abused. And it's important to remember that it can be difficult for your child to share their experience. And we're just going to talk about some of the ways that you can be supportive and helping them in a way that's non-judgmental. Our response to that, if your child is telling you how to, that they've been sexually abused, is really important because, one, our children hold on to that response. It holds on to that, their memory and it helps them move on. If they have a, have a good memory of being believed and nice and calm, then there's a good chance that they'll, you know, that, that's really important for their healing. The, the thing to remember is that our kids are going to tell us in different ways and they're not going to tell us all at once. So our, again, our response is really important because they might, they're testing the water. They want to know, is this safe to tell, to tell mom or not? Is, is mom still going to love me? Is she going to be mad? Is she going to be sad? Am I going to get into trouble? Because we just don't know what the offender has told her child, has told your child either. So that's really important. And something that if we can possibly do, when our child is telling us a disclosure, you're going to have emotions that are running really high. But our response, again, our emotional response can't be about us. It has always to be about the child. So if you can, 
keep that in mind, keeping your child at the center of the interaction of what's going on between you and your child at that moment. However, we all know, because we speak to many parents, that parents' emotions are really high and people do get upset and maybe not always say the wrong things, or say the right things and maybe say things that are not helpful. However, when things have calmed down, just remember you can always go back and you can say to your child, I'm sorry, I was upset. I didn't know what to say to you. And this is what I do want to say to you now. I love you. You're the same person that I've always loved. You're not in trouble and it was never your fault. And again, you're modeling that mums and dads make mistakes too, you know, but we can go back and we can fix them. The thing, so the first thing in our response is to believe our children. If your child tells you that they have been sexually abused, believe them. It is so powerful to believe and to believe your child. It sets them up to continue to keep wanting to talk about it because somebody believes them. Because that would be one of their biggest fears before even disclosing in the first place. What if nobody believes me? Believing your child has been sexually abused is such a huge, huge impact on your child positive impact on your child the next thing is affirm you know affirming to your child um, when they do disclose to you you know kids go through so much in their head as far as should I tell should I not tell when shall I tell so they have all these self-doubts in their heads you know is mom going to be mad you know are they going to believe me and we don't know if offenders have placed um, some sort of self-doubt or things that they have shared with him, like no one's going to believe you. Um, your mom and dad's going to, your mom and dad's going to be upset or you're never going to see me anymore. I'm going to go to jail. So all these self-doubts. So when our kids do disclose to you, it's important to let them know that they did the right thing, you know? So telling them things like, thank you for sharing, you know, I'm so proud of you. Um, you did a great job in telling me or whoever they disclosed to. Um, and, you know, and just reassuring them that they did the right thing by letting you letting you know that they what has happened to them. Support is the next thing that we need to keep in mind when we're responding to a disclosure um, from our child. And it's really important for us um, to help reassure them um, that they do have our support, you know, and that kind of all the worries that they had going through their mind um, in thinking about the possibility of, of disclosing, um, that we're able to reassure them, you know, that we, that we are here for them, um, and that we're not judging them in this moment. Um, you know, sometimes kids wait quite a long time before they disclose and it can be really important to reassure them, you know, just like Marie said, thank you for telling me. Um, and then not, following up by saying, well, why didn't you tell me earlier, right? By being non-judgmental and just leaving it at that. Like, I am here for you. Um, I love you. Um, reassure them, let them know I'm going to do everything I can to keep you safe. Let them know that, you know, we're going to get through this, you know, having, um, having those pieces where we're able to, to really be conscious of the kind of comments and the kind of questions that we're asking 
um, because sometimes, you know, you know, we might make comments that we have a good intention, you know, because of course, as a parent, we want to be able to protect our child. Um, but if we were to comment, for example, you know, oh, if you only would have told me sooner, I could have prevented this from happening, you know, as much as it did. Or why didn't you tell me earlier? Um, you know, or, you know, just anything that might kind of come across as blaming them, you know, and it's really important, you know, that we tell them that we let them know that, that we're here for them and that it's not their fault. Um, and so, you know, whatever we can do to show our support, if it's, you know, letting them know that we're here for a hug, if they need, we're, you know, whatever they might need, um, you know, maybe checking in, you know, what, do, what do they need? You know, um, it's, that's one of the really key pieces is, is providing that support. And the next thing, um, the next important key piece is empower, you know, power was taken away from our kids, right. By the offender and giving them the, helping them find that power back. Um, and so when we talk about that, you know, when we talk about giving the power back, just remember that this is their story to tell. It's not ours. You know, it's not, you know, the other kids, it's not the offender's story, but it's your child's story to tell. And so giving them that choice and empowering them, like, who do you want to share this story with? Whether, you know, and as a parent, we're like, we want to tell people, we want to talk about it. We want to probably process it with other people in our lives or, you know, but it's really their story to tell with, you know, do we want to let grandma know? You know, so giving them that opportunity to make that decision. Or do we want to let grandpa know what happened, right? And it's also to empower them about how much details, you know, that they're willing to share. I know sometimes as parents, we want to know everything. We want to know everything that has happened to our kids. But sometimes giving them the power to, you know, they may tell you something so little, but that's okay. And um, instead of taking their power away and saying, you got to tell me everything, you got to tell me what happened here, what happened there, or when did it start? But allowing them that ability to choose when they're ready to tell you their and share their story. Um, and so some things it's important to remind them that you're that how brave they are, you know, because like I said, power was taken away from them. So sometimes kids feel that they feel so powerless they feel that they couldn't do anything about what happened to them. They felt that they couldn't protect themselves. And so, you know, any little praises, any little thing that you could um, make them feel good about them sharing their story, that they did something right. So that was brave of you. Um, and also the other thing is sometimes as parents, we think we know what our kids need. Sometimes we think we know what they want, but it's important to give the choice back to them. Like, well, how can I help you? You know, what do you need from me? So, you know, we could get through this or how can I support you? But I think it's like not giving too many choices. Choices. Or giving too many, um, too much power to the child because sometimes there's an imbalance of the power we're giving too much power to the child that they can't hold that weight. So what I was, what I mean about there has to be a balance of power. So there's some adult versus child responsibilities, right? And so sometimes when we say empower, 
what we want is, you know, parents to give their child choices, but at the same time, parents also have to make the decisions themselves. So for instance, you know, child reports, right? And, you know, so often with the parents we work with is we, they ask the kids, who's only eight years old? You know, what do you want to do with this? Do you want to report this to the police? But sometimes like things like that is not the responsibility on the child, but on the parents themselves, or even the responsibility of, you know, um, do you feel safe to see your brother? Right? Um, do you feel safe? Can you do you still want to see your brother? That's a big responsibility for an eight year old or a seven year old child to have. I just, you know, I think I was going to comment about that, too, because, you know, really, there are certain decisions um, that are really adult decisions that have to be made. And so, you know, when we're looking at you know, what are the kinds of choices that we can offer to our kids? It has to be age and developmentally appropriate for them. So it can't be, you know, do you think that, you know, you should be able to keep seeing this family member who also sexually abused you? That's not a decision that a kid should have to make um, because, you know, kids don't really have the full information, you know, to be able to understand and make that decision. At the same time, you know, making decisions about their level of involvement in therapy. You know, if a child is under 13, you know, the parent can choose to take them to therapy just like they would choose to take them to the doctor. And, you know, the parent can encourage them and motivate them. Yeah, this can really help you. You know, I really encourage you to talk with your therapist. Ultimately, it's going to be the child's decision whether or not or how much, you know, they feel comfortable talking with the therapist. And so, you know, we can, there are a lot of ways, you know, that in kind of within, you know, if we tell them, you know, this is your story to tell, you know, the child can make a decision about, you know, do they feel comfortable, you know, telling this, you know, to a certain family member, you know, like their grandma or somebody. Um, maybe they don't, you know, however, we would say that it's the parent's responsibility to determine when somebody needs to know for safety reasons, right? So, you know, maybe the offender, you know, is a sibling and lives, you know, in another household. And so, you know, the babysitter or whoever's caring for that child, the, your victim child needs to know, you know, that, um, who, who is the person that perpetrated the sexual abuse? So, so they know that there's a rule of not, you know, being able to take the child over to that house or something, right? Like there might be certain circumstances where as a parent, we have to, you know, make choices to, to make sure that our child is safe and protected. Um, but even within that, you know, we can and that leads options. you to yeah, and that and we can give options. I was going to say that leads you to safety. Yeah, and safety is the final tip, um, you know, and how we can respond when our child discloses sexual abuse to us. This might seem obvious, but really, there are different ways of looking at the safety of our child. Um, we don't always know what to do when we hear our child disclose sexual abuse. A lot of times, most of the time, sexual abuse um, is perpetrated by someone who is part of the family, who is known, loved, and liked, you know, and and 
that takes us off guard, really. That catches us off guard. We're not really sure what to do with that. Um, if it was a stranger, we would probably immediately be calling 911. But when it's somebody who's a family member, um, calling the police is not always the first thing on our minds um, because we also, you know, might really care for that person. So it is really important to keep um, the safety of our child in mind. And when we say safety, we're talking about their physical safety, you know, as in making sure that, you know, the person that sexually abused them doesn't have the ability to continue sexually abusing them. Um, now that we know that it happened, you know, that might mean making sure that the child doesn't have to see that person anymore, um, that they don't have to, you know, go on visits to that person's house or that person is not allowed to come over. Um, or if that person lived, you know, in the house, they might have to, you know, most likely has to leave, leave the house. Um, it also refers to the child's emotional safety. So, you know, sometimes, you know, when we hear a disclosure of sexual abuse, it it's very difficult to believe that it happened. And sometimes, you know, like other kinds of situations, you know, we might be inclined to ask our child to talk about it, um, maybe even directly to the person who harmed them, right? Um and that's not something that's okay to do when our child has disclosed sexual abuse because they don't feel safe if they have to confront the person that was sexually abusing them. Um, that's actually really scary. They don't know if that person is going to be looking at them in a certain way that will be very threatening or making them know that they're in trouble for saying this now. Um, they don't know if that person is going to most likely deny that they ever did anything wrong and, you know, make the child feel like this is just a big lie that they made up. So we need to be really mindful um, of our child's emotional safety as well. And, you know, just make sure that they know that even though within ourselves, it might be really hard for us to believe that the most important response that we can have is, is I believe you. And I'm going to do everything I can to keep you safe, you know, and then let them know, you know, that, you know, you might need to reach out um, to, to get help, you know, from, you know, you know, other professionals, you know, people that are able to deal with these kinds of situations so that you know what next steps to take. Um, you know, we know that there are people who help kids get through this, you know, there are counselors you know, there are different sorts of people um, that it will be safe, you know, for your child to talk with about these things. And so you can let them know, you know, that if, you know, say you have an appointment scheduled, you know, for a child interview um, for your child to talk with, you know, a person who is trained in talking with children, and you can let them know it's okay to talk with your support people about things that maybe you don't even want to talk to me about. Um, because, you know, the, your child, imagine having to talk to your own parent about something so private, so intimate, so humiliating, so shameful. That's really hard to do, even as an adult. So imagine as a child. Um, so respecting those boundaries that our kids have and letting them know that it's okay, um, you know, that there are specific support people that 
um, that they'll have the opportunity to talk to and it's okay for them to talk to those people. So to recap the steps you can take when a child discloses sexual abuse, remember to cover the bases. Believe your child, affirm they're telling you about the abuse, support your child in the ways that they want and need you to, empower your child to make age-appropriate decisions in the healing and aftermath of the abuse, and safety, make sure to prioritize not just the physical safety, but the emotional safety of your child's survivor. And remember, you are not alone. There are so many people in your community to support you in the healing process. Building Resilience is a project of King County Sexual Assault Resource Center, or KSARC, which is located in Renton, Washington. KSARC works to provide direct services to all victims and survivors of sexual assault in King County, Washington. Visit our website at kcsarc.org and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at kcsarc. Or send us an email at education at kcsarc.org. If you've experienced sexual assault or abuse, know that you are not alone. There are lots of resources to support you in your healing process. Programs similar to KSARC exist around the country. Visit the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, or RAIN, at rain.org to find a community sexual assault program near you. Thank you to Marie Peretta, Karen Cope, Erin Esteban, and Deanne Yamamoto for content in this episode. Dante Ariaga and Ashley Vesey for tech support, and a special thanks to our super producer, Logan Vesey, on editing, consulting, and mastering the audio, and for the immense support in making this project possible.